Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 304 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's show is supersized, and because it is supersized, we will also give it a super sponsor. How about touchedbytype1.org? Used to be Dancing for Diabetes, same great organization, new name. Check them out, touchedbytype1.org. And who else should be the sponsor of today's show? The Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. If you don't know about Arden's Meter, the Contour Next One, check them out at ContourNextOne.com. You can even click on links in your podcast player, the ones that are available at JuiceBoxPodcast.com. Or at your next endocrinologist appointment, just ask your doctor to switch you to the Contour Next One. So far, I've done two episodes dedicated to looping. If you don't know what looping is, you should go back to episode 227 and listen to that one called Diabetes Concierge, and then jump to episode 252, A Loopy Few Months. Diabetes Concierge will explain to you what looping is in detail with Katie DeSimone. And then in 252, it's a 14-week follow-up to Arden's time looping. Today's episode is me trying in vain to figure out looping by having a conversation with a mom who is also looping. I want you to keep in mind that as I speak these words, it is six months past when this episode was recorded. My goal here is for you to be able to take this journey with me as I learn algorithm-based pumping, but for me to be far enough ahead in real life that when you get through listening to it, I'm able to already start talking about it. So this is gonna be the last episode of me being like, looping, I don't understand. And the ones that'll come in the future will be a little more about what worked and what continues to work, because I believe that algorithms are our future. Treat them well and let them lead the way. Please remember this. Very, very important in this episode. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Remember the algorithm that we are talking about here today is do it yourself. It is not from a company. It was downloaded from the interweb. It's not even FDA approved. If this all sounds confusing to you, Seriously, go back to episode 227, then listen to 252, then come back to this one. Hi, I'm Melody. Uh, I don't know what... (laughs) (laughs) Melody, would you like me to introduce you? Sure. (laughs) Okay. That's a lot of pressure. Saying who you are? Yeah. Then the rest of this should go great. (laughs) It's still really early. (laughs) So Melody is someone I asked to come on the show because she is the overseer of people's looping and she understands it in a different way. So uh, who did I reach out to? Did I reach out to Pete? Um, yeah. Okay. And Pete works at? Tidepool. And your husband works with? With Pete at Tidepool. And then Pete said to your husband? Pete sent an email and said, hey, would you be interested in doing this? And Matt said, Melody would. See how easy this was to say who you were? (laughs) (laughs) So many people passing the buck in that situation. So Melody is Matt's wife, or the way Melody prefers to think of it. Matt is Melody's husband. And Matt works with Pete, and Pete works at Tidepool. And Tidepool is taking the DIY loop app and trying to get it through the FDA. Did I say all that right? Yes, that seems about right. Look at me. Now, my goal was... I've had two looping episodes so far, right? The first I had Katie on, 
And Katie really explained looping to me and brought me in from the ground up because I really did not know what it was or what I was talking about. I was pressed by a listener to find out more about it. And I was completely happy with my daughter's care and I didn't want to loop. I was waiting for Omnipod to come out with whatever Horizon's going to be and I was going to try that. So I got pressed into it by a listener and I thought, you know what? True enough, this is going to be the future. And I should understand it. So I'll jump in sooner and, and try to wrap my head around it. So Katie came on. She explained it to me. Katie was really cool. She sent me her Riley link, um, an extra one. We try, got set up and tried it. I hated Loop. Uh, in the first three days, I almost quit. In the second three days, I really almost quit. I've almost stopped <laughs> using it a million times. Two weeks ago, I almost stopped using it. Um, but nevertheless, I persist, which I believe is, I f- I believe is a famous quote that I'm taking out of context and um, yeah, so uh, I had another episode on loop where Jenny Smith came on and she, she and I just went over what I thought of loop. Now here's the funny thing. When it was over, I thought, Ooh, I'm going to hear back from a lot of angry loopers who are like, Oh, you, you know, don't <laughs> understand or let's all, instead. All I got back was a lot of people going, yo man, right on. Like that's exactly what happened. to me. <laughs> like, oh, geez. Uh, so my next goal was to have someone on who's doing it with success and has been doing it much longer than me so that we can really just interview you about what it's like to use it, taking my experience out of it. So that's wow. what, I'm, what I'm hoping to do today. Does that make so sense? no pressure at all. No, I mean, you're just going to screw up the entire movement if you get this wrong, Melody. That's all. Okay, great. Like, I can deal with that. <laughs> Your husband doesn't need that job, does he? <laughs> no, we're, we're fine. <laughs> we don't need insurance or anything. Exactly. So, so let's get a little background on you first. How many kids do you have? How many of them have diabetes? Who else has diabetes? What's the deal? We have three daughters, and our youngest, Hazel, is the only one with diabetes. She's the only person we, we knew no one with type 1 when she was diagnosed. Gotcha. Um, it's not a family thing, totally out of the blue um, kind of situation. Right, right. Um, yeah. She was 18 months old when she was diagnosed. Um, I was the person who diagnosed her. Our pediatrician kept brushing, her, brushing us off. Um, eventually, I just took her to urgent care and said, okay, pediatrician, <laughs> we'll just do this urgent care thing. Um, and urgent care sent us to the ER. And while we were waiting for a room in the ER, Matt started Googling like type one things. Mm-hmm. Like we were both doing, like we were both, talking to family and like keeping people informed and all this kind of thing. But he started um, Googling and came across the, we're not waiting movement. The like less than four hours into diagnosis. And um, so he was like, this is great. And I was like, I'm not in a place to hear this right now. Talk to me later. (laughs) Our (laughs) 18 month old has diabetes. You found some well-meaning idiots on the internet and you want us to hand their care over. I was like, (laughs) Not really. It wasn't, wasn't quite there yet. It was just, it was just. Here's something that gives me hope that this won't be as terrible as I see. we thought. I see. And so, um, that got a back burner. And over the next couple of weeks, while we were trying to figure out what we were doing, yeah. Um, and before we left the hospital, I asked the doctor for a CGM and a pump, and he was like, "Sure. What pump do you want?" And I was like. I don't know. You know more about these things than I do. And so we started out with an animus ping. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the, it that's was a teaching hospital. Yep. And 
and the fellows and the residents, they conferred quickly on the round and was like, probably the animus being, yeah, yeah, the animus. And um, so about six weeks after diagnosis, because insurance is slow, we started her on both the Dexcom and the animus. And once we kind of got settled into those, it took about a month, um, Matt started reading more about the the looping and the um, open APS, which they're two slightly different mm-hmm. systems. Um, and it we had an HMO at the time. And I know a lot of people struggle with insurance, but it's so hard to get supplies sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I I was doing the primary I had the primary role of like fighting with the insurance company and saying, do you really need another prior authorization um, kind of thing? You, you, need me, you need me to send you another piece of paper that says she has diabetes because I've done this already. Yeah. Could, could we all just agree you're trying to put me off for a couple of months, <laughs> wait a couple of months, and then you can send the stuff over? Would that even be? Yeah. yeah. And so, so Matt started saying, I think we should do this looping thing, but we need to do, a, but it has to be an old Medtronic pump. And I was like, okay, I'm spending all my energy getting the supplies that we need for this pump. If you get the pump and you figure out how to get the supplies for it, I'm on board. Yeah, but leave me out otherwise. <laughs> but, but I can't handle trying to, to secure supplies for two different pumps from two different supply chains. Yeah, no, I hear you. And, and so um, he did. He posted a link on or a post on Facebook with a cute picture of Hazel and said, hey, anybody have old pumps that they're not using anymore? And we got two or three. Um, one of them worked for looping with the old Medtronic pumps. Mm-hmm. And um, so about six months after we started on, her on the Animus Ping, we started looping. How long ago was this? What, what year was it? <laughs> um, it'll be two years next month. Wow. So, so you're we're, that's we're, about to hit, <laughs> we're about to hit our loop anniversary. Okay. So, so Matt, your daughter, Hazel, has had diabetes for two years. And in that time... Two and a half now. You, yeah, yeah. You've just sped completely through all of this process to the point where your husband now works at Tidepool. What did he do before? Please don't tell me he was like a butcher before. What did he do prior? No, no. He was an auto mechanic. Ah, that makes sense. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> um, um, he was developing mobile apps for um, a higher ed. Okay. Okay, so is he right now, as best as you're allowed to say, is he helping to refine the the loop app for Tidepool or what? He's a product designer, Mm -hmm. so he's not doing any of the technical stuff. He's doing the make it look pretty and be usable stuff. I got you. All right. Well, that's important. That's more. It's not more important than how well it works, but but it's it, it but it's incredibly important because if it's not intuitive, then then people will be put off very quickly and then maybe never come back to it. So that's exactly we have way too many conversations about. So does this make sense to the user? Does this? So Melody, are are you good at answering those questions honestly, or is the DIY loop from Tidepool just going to be exactly the way you want it when it comes? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Matt, Matt is not the only product designer, so he's one of a team. They have wives too. I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah, thinking, they, I'm thinking right now there are four ladies who have children with type one diabetes who are going to be. Devo- no, I'm just joking. But well, and and some of them have husbands. Um, uh, oh, vice versa. Of course, I'm a sexist. I didn't understand. <laughs> I trying to get through the conversation quickly, but I appreciate that. No, no, no. Um, okay. But, Go ahead. And um, 
They the the cool thing about Type Pool is almost everyone who's working on this project has either has Type One themselves mm-hmm. or is um, the parent or married to someone with Type One. Yeah. So it's very much um, close to everyone working on the project. No personal connection. Yeah. Okay. So all right. Let's dig in. So, so let's assume I'm going to make some assumptions here that Matt set the loop up originally. Like you weren't digging around in the code. Um, he did that. That's our division of labor. He did all of the build and technical support, mm-hmm. and I'm the one who generally does setting changes and such. So l- let's go back in time to when you strapped it on the first time. What okay. what was your do you remember your initial experiences and what the first roadblocks were and how you got over them? Oh, I remember we we started out in open loop, which means that <clears throat> excuse me, we weren't letting the system make any any um basal change decisions. Right. It was running just her schedule basal and um we were bolusing through the phone though. Mm-hmm. Um and we were trying, we actually, we ran it for a day without it connected to her. I don't remember how we got the CGM data, but like we ran it for a day watching what it would do just with the pump tubing hanging off the end of the couch. That's interesting. So, so were you genuinely afraid at that point to just hook it to your kid and be like, oh, I hope this works? I don't think we were afraid. I think we were um, cautious because um, she had just turned two right. and she was... 25 pounds and this is a, a DIY thing. Right. And so I think being cautious is warranted. Oh, hundred percent. Listen, you, you, you got a, you got a used insulin pump off the internet and downloaded some code from some nice people. And I think, I think it would have been reasonable if you would have hooked it to a pig first, but I get what you're if, saying. If we would have had a pig, then maybe. <laughs> and our, our older daughters were not willing to be guinea pigs. Um, not even for money. <laughs> <laughs> Although one of them probably would have done it for Lego set, but we didn't go there. Well, that's really, first of all, that's smart. So you basically just watched how this thing administered insulin just to make sure it worked. Yeah. And just to see if we could understand the decisions it was making, if there was going to be like any glaringly obvious things that we needed to change in the settings or things like that. Um, And then I remember we put it on her. And the Medtronic pump used the same infusion set as the Animus, so it was really easy to just switch it over. Mm -hmm. Um, We put it on her, and we were running it in open loop. (laughs) And we went to do pony rides that day. We were watching this open loop and like pushing the button every five minutes because it will give you a basal recommendation, and you can push this button and say, yes, I agree with that. And I got tired of pushing the button. And I was like, Matt, can we just close the loop? It's, I'm, it makes sense what it's doing. And he was like, I, are you sure we're ready to do that? And so... I'm like, man, this was your idea. Are you saying you <laughs> you're not sure? Uh-huh. Um, and he, he was going with the cautious approach, which I appreciate. And no, no, no. He's being a guy. I do this stuff to my wife all the time. I push us to the brink of like something. And I'm like, are you sure we should be doing this? She's like, you said to. No, no, no. I, I see what you're saying. He's trying to take away. Anyway, go ahead. I know. What go ahead. <laughs> and so... Eventually, it was, she had just gone to bed, and her blood glucose was pretty stable, and we decided to close the loop because closing the loop meant it would automatically suspend basal if um, she started to go low. And I remember very clearly, we had Night Scout set up, which is another um, monitoring, it's a third-party monitoring app. App, Yeah. yeah. 
So we had that set up and we literally sat on our bed and watched the night scout every five minutes, like her basil would slightly change or, and there were tears involved because we were like, this system is doing all the work that we've been doing for the last six months, which isn't as long as some people have been doing all this work, I realize, but it was just this gratitude and happiness that there was finally something that was helping us keep our kids safer. Can you, looking back now, do you know how many people approximately were using it when you started using it? Um, I think it was less than a thousand. I, I have the number, I have the number 400 in my head and I don't know if it was 1400 or 400 ish. Yeah. Well, one way or the other, not a lot of people. And these, and these aren't even people you can quantify or using it, right? They're just, they had downloaded the. They had bought a Riley link. Right, right. So. First of all, you're really great parents, and I'm not jo- I'm not joking. You should be lauded. It's it's really amazing. When I put the loop on Arden, she said, "Is this thing going to kill me?" And I re- <laughs> and I responded, "Probably not." So, um, and then she looked at me like, "Are you serious?" And I'm like, "It'll be fine." And then we walked away from each other. So, uh, <laughs> and and the the risk aren't the risk are not inherently in the loop system. The risk are in diabetes. Right. Oh, yeah. If something's going to kill them, it's going to be diabetes. Right, right. Because the loop does not say, the loop doesn't go, oh, I'm going to give you 10 more units of insulin. It, it's, it, you, can, you can make your settings so that stuff like that can't happen. And, right. and I was mostly joking with her. I was, <laughs> there was part of me that was like, I mean, I don't know, maybe. But it doesn't seem like, it was like just a lot of people using it. They haven't died. Let's give it a try. Um, <laughs> which I think is the pioneering spirit, if you ask me. Uh, but she laughed and, and we went along our way. Um, and, and it was terrific. How soon into the process did you first want to quit looping? Or was your experience before looping so much worse than looping? <laughs> Not that looping's bad. I'm just trying to set up an idea in your head. Because uh, yeah. let, let me give you my, my thought. We were doing incredibly well without looping. My daughter's A1C, 5'2 to 6'2 for five years, no appreciable lows, no highs. Anything over 140 was a little unheard of in our house. And eating whatever she wanted. Right. And then I go to looping, and I'm going to be honest with you, it's still not that good. It, it, <laughs> the, the loop still can't do what I was doing prior. Now, it does do things that I couldn't do. Here's one of them. It, uh, you alluded to it a second ago. Uh, it can do things while I'm sleeping, and, right. and I can't. So last night, perfect example, didn't feel well when I was going to sleep. I was like, hmm, a little tickle on my throat, going to really need some sleep tonight, right? I don't want to get sick. Arden's blood sugar was a little low. This is around 11 o'clock. She's up studying really late. We bumped her blood sugar back up. I closed my eyes, never thought of it. And she woke up this morning. She was 106. Beautiful. That is what the loop does that I can't do. It can, it can, it can make decisions in the wee hours of the morning without dropping dead. And I can't, I can't do that. We call it our robot nanny. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, so, so Every time I hit a roadblock about loop, I just think I can figure this out. And and I'm doing something, and I hope people don't think of it as hard-headed. It really is about me and how I learn and about the podcast, too, because I want to be able to explain loop to people in the future and these algorithms in general. I do not go to other people to ask about the loop. I help. I let people help me set it up, and since then, I do not ask anyone's help. I look at what that thing does, and I try to imagine how to get the... Uh, result I want. And I'll, right. give, I'll give you an example. Right now, I'm doing 
what I consider to be an extended bolus with loop, right? So if Arden's meal is 70 carbs, I'll tell it, I don't know, 30 carbs at a two hour absorption rate. And then 30 carbs at a three hour absorption rate and 10 carbs at a four hour absorption rate. Right. And that way I trick it into leaving the basil on. Right. I'm so thrilled with myself when I found that (laughs) out. You have no idea. (laughs) Well, I, I think that we came into it a little bit differently because we didn't have a really long, um, traditional pump therapy experience. Um, and so instead of learning all the tricks on a regular pump, we were learning them in loop. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that changed our experience. Um, I don't think I ever thought about quitting. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when the Omnipod co- code was released, um, we switched Hazel to Omnipod. Right. Um, that was, May, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just recently. That's got to be. You and I have probably been doing it about the same amount of time as, as far on as Omnipod. Omnipod. Yeah, yeah. And um, the Omnipod cannulas go in at a different angle than the steel ones we were using, and it was a really hard transition. And um, I don't think I ever felt like quitting, but I felt like a failure a lot. Okay. I was like, why can I not get this right? right. And and how right was it going for you prior to that? Like, so if I might, if I may, and if you're willing to, um, I'm I so I, I shared with you, we didn't see anything over 140 frequently. I never Arden's blood sugar never languishes in the 160s or the 170s prior to loop, but now it does. Right. Right. And um, yesterday she had a big after school snack that we totally missed on. And it might have taken us four hours to get her blood sugar to break and come down. Wow. Right. So, and I'm talking about going outside, like opening the loop up, injecting insulin, like <laughs> doing, like doing all of this stuff. And when I finally broke, that's why she was a little low before bed because yeah. we had to put so much in to make it go away. I, I don't, those things did not happen to me before loop. But so what, what are you, well, first of all, I guess the question is, is your is your child is is she eating like a normal not like reasonably carbed meals like it's not a low yeah. carb existence that's her favorite meal is spaghetti and meatballs not low carb okay yeah. and then and and what goal what's your goal for her blood sugar range um my goal is for it not to affect how she feels okay so what number do you attach to that idea um my, the range i have set is in between 70 and 140 okay um, because she's she's four now, mm-hmm. and she commonly doesn't let us pre-bolus. Okay. Because um, she's four and impatient. Mm-hmm. Um, we do see spikes when she first starts to eat regularly, depending on what it is and how we... Um, like, for example, one day we went to the playground and I had packed a lunch for us, thinking that we she would play for a while and then we would eat. Mm-hmm. And I would just bolus her a few minutes before um, it w- I w- we were going to eat. Yeah. Um, but she had other ideas. We got to the playground and she pulled out a container of grapes and said, I'm ready for this now. And it was grapes. <laughs> and um, like, look over there. Is that Elvis? Sweetie, yeah. Sweetie Elvis Presley? Um, Peppa Pig would be a little bit uh, more. Do you think that would get her more than the Elvis thing? Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, Elvis is supposed to be dead. You don't think she'd find that shocking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> 
I don't think she knows who Elvis is. <laughs> So, so what is that? So what happens then, right? She's, she's thrown you off your schedule. Here's the grapes, mommy. I want these grapes. You're a nice person. You're going to give her the grapes. What do you do? Do you, do you bolus more than the carbs for the grapes or how do you control a spike then? Um, I, sometimes I, sometimes I do the, what they call a super bolus Mm -hmm. where you give it like, I knew that the grapes were 15 grams of carbs and I might enter like 18 and know that if she needed a little bit more, I had a whole bag of food because I never go anywhere without, without a whole bag of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then we, Hazel and I talk a lot about um, insulin and glucose being the tortoise and the hare mm-hmm. in like the old fable. And so as she starts to eat the grapes, I'm like, <laughs> I say, Hazel, I'm giving you the insulin for these, but you remember insulin is a tortoise and those grapes are a hare. So try to eat them slowly so that they don't win the race. Yeah. Because she's four. Has she learned to give you the finger yet or that? Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) She has learned to roll her eyes because she has a 14 year old sister, but um, she has not learned much profanity or gestures. Well, she'll get to school in a year or so, and that'll all just, she'll meet one terrible little kid, and that'll be the end of it. Uh, but no, no, but so does she listen then? Does she does she slow walk the grapes when you tell her that? Sometimes, yeah. but usually not. But we were also at the playground that day, so she ate them and then started running and playing. And so I think she might have spiked up to maybe 180 and then come right back down. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't terrible. Gotcha. By now, you know that Dancing for Diabetes has changed their name to Touch by Type 1. Here's why they did it. For nearly two decades, Dancing for Diabetes has been spreading awareness about Type 1, raising funds to find a cure, and inspiring those with Type 1 diabetes to thrive. Our organization's incredible growth over the last 10 years has pushed us to challenge ourselves and reflect on how we can impact more people. To better identify with our community, To properly explain who we are and increase our reach, we are rebranding and becoming Touched by Type 1. Rebranding will allow us to continue all of our current programs, as well as expand and grow so that we can reach more people and change more lives. We are ecstatic for this new journey, for rediscovering who we are and what we can accomplish for our global community. Together, we enter our 20th year as who we've always been and who we'll continue to be. Touched by Type 1. Check us out at touchedbytype1.org. Check out touchedbytype1.org now. Type it into your browser. Use the links at juiceboxpodcast.com or look right there in your podcast player. There's show notes. There's a link. All right, back to Melody. And this thing is just going to start going. I am going to like lose my mind at some point while I'm talking to Melody. Um, Here's a good time to tell you. I found this conversation that I had with Melody incredibly therapeutic. And I have an aha moment at the end. I know this one's a lot longer than most of them. But this episode ended up being like a therapy conversation for me about looping. So you're really listening to me kind of hammering my way through it. Melody is very generous with how she, uh, let's say, puts up with me. All right, let's get back to it. Spike to 180, came back down. How long between giving her the first insulin and back down? 
Um, less than an hour. Less than an hour. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a. It, if if the insulin dosing is right, then a lot of times she doesn't spend too high. <laughs> if she spikes, she doesn't spend too high. But that's if the insulin dosing is right. Gotcha. And being a tiny person, getting that right is difficult. Mm-hmm. So I also learned not to be a perfectionist with a toddler with diabetes. Right. Because it was making me crazy. Um, and... <laughs> The, we have fairly flat lines at night mm-hmm. um, because she's not eating. She's not running around. Growth hormones always mess that up. And as she gets older, other hormones will mess that up too. But, um, but for the most part, we have good night. And then in the day, she's, she's in range around 60 to 80% of the time most days. Okay. Yeah. Um, and on the 60%, there's usually something going on. We watch for patterns, and then we figure out what it is, and correct, and move on. Yeah. No, well, first of all, I agree with you. Um, I, I am not – despite, I guess, the podcast that I do, I am not a person who gets upset if a blood sugar is not in a flat line and it's 85. I don't feel that way, and I don't, I don't try for that. Um, also, in our house, when my wife says, this is making me crazy, one of us, stop, one of us stops her, and we qualify it and go, crazier. Uh, but 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 interestingly, I also think you're in a you're I mean you're obviously I mean she's four right four years old yeah. right so and and it's great that you see it too because I do also see people online who have prepubescent kids who are like look at these lines they go on for days and I'm like yeah there's no real hormones like you know like there's they have variables but they don't even know yet that the variables that are going to hit them when their kids get older or the ones that adults have to put up with you know what I mean like they're you don't realize your kid's pretty much an amoeba still and and, it's just sort of just floating through life going oh this is great grapes swings this lady comes with me you know like that you know that's sort of the deal right um and I don't mind that. Like if Arden's blood sugar, if Arden's lunch today would have popped the 140 and come back, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But here, here's what happened with Arden's lunch today. And it's a bit of a, a blend of yesterday and today. So yesterday, with a very similar lunch, we had a little spike that happened, and it kind of leveled off around 150, and it came back. So later, I was like, oh, my God, loop. We know what we're doing. Great. Yay. Then I unpack her lunch bag later. The half a sandwich I sent with her, she didn't touch. So, oh. so 30 of the carbs of her meal she didn't eat, and it still missed. So now I'm thinking, oh, God, what if I would have – like, what if she would have eaten that sandwich, right? Yeah. Now, so today, I when we text about her lunch, she's like, hey, it's lunchtime. I'm going to pre-bowl us now. I'm like, cool. Are you hungry? And she goes, not really. And I was like, ah, okay. So then we did a slightly smaller bolus. So instead, I think we did something like – ended up being about eight and a half units, which I think it was like – 30 carbs at two hours and 30 carbs at three hours, something like that. Right. And her blood sugar was 106. Wow. Oh, starting out, no, starting out, starting out at 106. We put in this insulin probably 15 or 20 minutes later, she's eating lunch. And for the next half an hour, 45 minutes, her blood sugar is just, it's just bopping along like 103, 95. And I was like, oh, we're winners. Yeah. And, and then, and then suddenly it just went 128 diagonal up, and, and you, there's a bend in the Dexcom line. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows what yeah. that bend looks like. This is me. I type right into the text message. 
it's trying to run. And like, so, <laughs> so that's, that's our code, right? Like I, it's trying to run. She says, what should I do? And I'm like, open the loop and bolus three and a half units. And then, mm-hmm. I, and then I was like, did you eat everything? She goes, yeah, you know, I ended up being much hungrier than I thought I was. I the whole thing. I was like, that's great. So, so the three and a half probably still wasn't enough, but I was just like, open the loop, bolus three and a half units. That's my new code for smack it in the face. And so she's 128 diagonal up after almost an hour of the insulin being in. And I am just like, as soon, there's a, I see it now. And I'm like, I now know what to do. If I over, if I can bolus enough insulin to crush the number and keep it and bring it back, now I'm learning how to stare at that, like not stare at the graph, but I know when the graph tells me to turn the loop back on, like, yeah. right? So that I can catch a low later because I'm putting way too much insulin in, in this moment. And then if I put the loop back on, it'll cut it all away. Um, that is something I've taught myself through all this. Now, keep in mind, please, while your daughter's the delightful small child buying around with some grapes, Harden had half, half of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, like those little Oreo flats that you can spread the cream on yourself, a small grab bag of potato chips, uh, a large bag of grapes. Ask me how many grapes. I have no idea because I would never count a grape uh, and a yogurt. So Wait, you don't meticulously count every grape that goes into your teenage daughter's lunch. I have never counted food in my life. That's why this podcast mainly exists. <laughs> I didn't want to count carbs. I was like, I have to figure out how to do this without counting carbs because I'm not going to do that and, and end up killing her. So what would have happened prior to loop is that I would have made this kind of crazy bigger bolus that I also would have included a, a large um, temp basal increase along with. And then that way, when I, I could tell on the line where we were and, and take away the temp basal increase if it was necessary, leave it on if it wasn't. I sort of create these two different blankets of insulin with the bolus right. and the basal. Where a loop makes me want to curse spit and and burn something to the ground is that i get this bolus right it's perfect and the loop goes hey you know what we should do here let's shut off the basal (laughs) it's it's all the information you're feeding into the system and so loop says too much (laughs) loop only has the information you give it and so loop said she's had enough insulin for this for the the amount of carbs so we're going to shut off the insulin because we don't want her to go low because, but Loop doesn't actually think because it's a machine. It's an algorithm. Of um, um, and there is no um, ma- machine learning involved in this. Of just course. clarifying that. Yep. I bring sure to bring that up every time. Like, because you know people think, this thing's going to see it three times and fix it. It's, it's, yeah. it's not Skynet. So, yeah. I, um, I, go ahead, please. So, yeah, you know that she needed more insulin. You saw from her graph that she needed more insulin. What I generally do when I see that the insulin that I gave Hazel for a meal is not enough, mm-hmm. I'll go back and retroactively add carbs to the meal. Yes. And then it will continue to, it will give more insulin and then add basil. And So when you do that, it gives more insulin, but in the form of basil. Um, it de- a lot of times if you enter more carbs into a previous meal, then it'll recommend a bolus too. Yes. Now here's where, and and please, I always want to be careful whenever I'm talking about loop because I genuinely mean what I'm about to say. It's amazing. Any any person who put any effort into getting it to this point in the world is amazing. I am not disparaging it in w- any way whatsoever. 
but here's where it sucks because I hear what you're saying because like, it's like, Oh, pending insulin. But like, you got to go into a screen to see that. It's not like it pops up and it goes, yo man, bolus. It's not, it's not like that. Right. You have to go figure it out. And if you add carbs, mm -hmm. like if you add carbs retroactively, even then it will pop up recommended bolus. See, it doesn't do that for me. Like I, and it must be because, and as I'm sitting here talking about it with you, Arden's, some of Arden's meals are incredibly carb heavy. Right. And so even when you're like, okay, well, let's call it 20 more. I still think <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, that's not enough for me. To, you know, and I think I need to be telling it more. But what do I want to say here about that? I, I it, <sighs> hmm. I'm lost a little bit because this is what, this is what loop does to me. Uh, it makes me, it makes me lose my thoughts. Um, I want to be able to tell it more. And I do. And a lot of times I'll bolus pending insulin because that's a, 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 a trick that Jenny Smith taught me. She's like, if it's, okay. if it's saying pending insulin, she's like, just bolus it. And I was like, okay, because it can always steal it away with basil later. That I love. Right. Um, but it's the, it's the heavier carb stuff. What I wanted to say was that everything I do for a meal that's not particularly carb heavy, you know, like the, like the night before Arden had a big, like sort of just house salad that I made for her. And she ate, I think, a cheeseburger with it and maybe a couple of other things she's very interesting the way she she has a, a an interesting collection of food when she eats usually and I, I have a 14 year old <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you yeah. know what i should have with this burger a salad i'm like yeah absolutely here you go and, and maybe some cheese it why not um and no lie the loop handled that meal perfectly now i think had i had it gotten more carby uh, then it that's when it just it, it, i don't know like it can't the basil can't get ahead of it enough. It tries. Mm. And and I've and you know, I've tried I know that people warn against like not having your max basil up too high because you don't want the loop to be making too many decisions with basil. I'm telling you that away from food right now, we have the loop working. It's right. not it's not like my settings are way off. It is a bit of a pain because as soon as she becomes premenstrual, then the settings aren't right. And then you have to go in and kind of bump uh sensitivity um i know people who use overrides for periods and pre-periods i have the override set up and i have to tell you i can't make positive overrides help me i can make negative mm -hmm. overrides help me but not positive huh. i don't know why i'm still figuring it all out it's a <laughs> really it's like i'm in a snowstorm without glasses on i just i look around and i'm like so much swirling whiteness uh, <laughs> i don't know which way to walk so many Dexcom dots. Well, yeah, yeah, like what's happening? So so can we pick through the settings a little bit? Um, I would love I, so. uh, you th I would love your opinion because uh, I don't know. So when variables kick up, and let's just say that insulin needs are more, do I, okay. do I need to move the basal, the max basal, the basal rate, and the insulin sensitivity? Do they all need to become more powerful? Um, it depends on why like if you're saying she's great without food mm -hmm. then your basil's good okay then um if she's eating and steady for an hour and then going up she needs more insulin for that meal yes obviously right, um right, right, right. But, but what setting is that <laughs> is that the carb ratio that can't possibly be right, though, because Arden's carb ratio is like six carbs to a unit. If I make her carb ratio any higher, she's going to – like that won't that, – that doesn't make any sense to me. Because what or I, depending on what, what the food is. Like mm -hmm. there's 
Hazel and I go to Starbucks once a week and we have breakfast there and there's this sandwich that she loves mm-hmm. and it's taken me about the amount of time that we've been going to Starbucks, like two years to figure out how to dose this sandwich. Um, and on the menu or on the nutritional information, it says it's 28 grams right. of carbs in this bacon, cheese, egg sandwich thing. Um, I've learned that I have to almost double that. Probably because of the bacon and the cheese. And, and because it's processed. Yeah. Like, the more processed the food is, the more insulin it takes. I don't understand why. <laughs> there may be, like, some food chemist or something who can help me figure that out. But, like, the carb count for fruit is going to always be, like, I can give Hazel 50 grams of strawberries, and that's, four grams of or 50 grams of strawberries yeah. and weight, which is four grams of carbs and give her the insulin that loop says, and it'll be fine. I can give her the same amount of like something that's been processed. processed. Like I, 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 I'm assuming something and, and she needs more insulin yeah, so than the carb count says. I'm assuming you probably have imagined this too, but that your body just can't break it down as well when it's been processed as it can, when it's just an organic sort of singular food that, that yeah. heads in there. And so it stays in her that stomach. Makes sense. Yeah. Probably stays in her stomach longer, takes longer to break down, gives off its carbs slower over a longer period of time. Plus the fat and the, from the bacon and the protein yeah. all spread it out, but that's cool. So you figured it out, but now, but do you say it's a 28 gram and you did say 28 grams If a 28 gram sandwich, and you've doubled it to 56. Don't I I, yeah. I paused in there for you to be impressed with yeah. my math, um, but but you double to fifty six, but that that can't be all of it, right? You don't just put fifty six in and let her eat. Do you spread it out somehow? Did you change? The um, I put it over four hours generally, like in the ham. I push the hamburger icon. Okay. And I commonly, I commonly it'll recommend. So Hazel's on diluted insulin too, which is another fun factor. Mm-hmm. Um. So the way I think of units. When I say that I give her five units for this, it's not, it would, four of her units is one regular unit. So, right. So, if you gave her five real units of that insulin, she would just fall over like, and like kick <laughs> and drop that. Yeah. I got you. So, how long, how long have you been doing? I mean, obviously, you've been doing that the whole time, but have you considered, yeah. like, are you going to, is there a moment when you'll be able to get away from it or is there a wait you're would, waiting for or something? I hate diluting the insulin. We do it ourselves, and it's a tedious process that if you get wrong, it has major consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love to stop, but um, we just get better control with the diluted insulin because you can give smaller doses, basically. Right. Well, good for you. I think whatever works is, is the right thing. And it's standard. It's the standard of care in our clinic. Like, um all small children start out on diluted insulin. And I don't know why it's not everywhere, but it's not. No. Yeah, I, I don't meet many people at all who use it, honestly. And I talk to a lot of people. And and so it's not something that commonly comes up. Actually, I'm going to say to Arden right now to close the loop. Let's see how long it takes her to see that. Um, wow. Okay, so... All right. So you're, so how do you think about it? Like, I'm going to break down some of these settings and, and tell me how your brain thinks about them. Okay. okay. Um, let's go with, let's start with, I think insulin sensitivity. I'll start with where, where do you see, what does that setting say to you? 
Let's see what happens when I type in the phrase contour next one.com into my browser. Well, I don't think it should be any surprise. I'm on the webpage for the contour next one blood glucose meter, the same exact blood glucose meter who's sponsoring this episode. Are you surprised? You probably shouldn't be. Top of the page, yellow button. Get a free contour next one meter. I click on it. It does explain that not everybody's eligible, but it's pretty easy to find out who is. Email address, your name, birth date, phone number, address, city, state. I mean, it's pretty much that. Do you have diabetes? What type of diabetes do you have? It's that kind of bazinga. You know what I mean? And then you click finish. Boom. You don't want to go find out if you can get a free Contour Next One blood glucose meter. You don't want to know if you can have the blood glucose meter that Arden is using, that I have been telling you about for a while now, that Arden's been using for quite some time. That is, in fact, the most accurate blood glucose meter I have ever used with my daughter. Ever. Not only that, the thing is, um, it's handy. You know what I mean? Not too big, not too small. Got a little, got the little light on it there. You click, click. At night, you can see where you're shooting. And of course, second try test strips. So if you hit it once, don't get it right, you can go back into that blood drop one more time without wasting a test strip. All these are great reasons for you to go to contournextone.com. Honestly, it's even a better reason for you to click on my link in the show notes or juiceboxpodcast.com because that way they'll know you came from the podcast. Check it out. I think insulin sensitivity I'll start with. Where, where do you see, what is that setting say to you that's the golf score because like golf scores are the lower it is the better it is mm -hmm. or stronger so i always think of it in terms of golf which so, is strange so the lower the number the lower the number is the more powerful it is right right with the isf I and so isf if you're seeing a lot of roller coastering when there's like your your dexcom line looks like um I'm doing the hand motion, but you can't see that. <laughs> it looks like a sharp waves or peaks, and then you probably need to change your ISF. Um, the ISF is tricky because if it's too strong, like too low of a number, you can get the... If it's too strong of a number, you generally get the ups and downs. If it's too weak of a number, then loop has a hard time bringing it back down. But a lot of people compensate for a weak ISF with something else, with like higher basals. So sometimes people make their, their ISFs too weak, but they jack their basal up, which is not the, really the correct way for the algorithm to be doing what it's trying to do. What's the telltale of that? Do you see the basals open and close a lot when you have that wrong? Um, it's... The telltale would be if, if, so if you have a two week ISF, I'm going to get this wrong and people are going to yell at me. Oh, no one's going to yell at you. <laughs> and plus they can't find you. They don't know where you live. You're fine. Don't worry. You told them where my husband works. Oh, please. They figured that out. By the way, in the time you've been talking, I've now written close loop or you will die. Hey, close the loop. And I finally got an okay. So we're all good now. <laughs> Oh, I love waiting for teens to text back. It's my <laughs> well, favorite thing. In fairness, she's in class. but uh, And she got back to me within a couple of minutes. It's just, I, like, so I'm looking at Night Scout off to the side while you and I are talking. Right. And I saw the flatten out. 
I saw the drop, and then I saw the the arrow stay the same, but the number change, and that's when I was like, "Ooh, close the loop," because it's gonna start falling. Yeah. And then she jumped like from like she jumped like ten points in five minutes. I was like, "Hey, just let's close the loop now," um, <laughs> and only because I'm she's not in danger. I just don't want her to yeah. have a drink of juice. I'm trying to keep her from yeah. getting low later. So anyway, all right. So and don't say anything you're not comfortable with. I, I'm really looking for like. You're like, what do you do when you see those scenarios? So when I see the up and the quick up and down, um, I haven't changed the ISF in a while, Mm -hmm. but, um, making the ISF a bigger number makes it less roller coastery. Okay. So generally a weaker sensitivity factor or a higher number and God bless whoever set it up like that. Um, (laughs) and so, uh, w- takes away. So if you're roller coastering, just those gentle kind of like ups and downs and ups and downs, that's because probably your ISF is too powerful, and right. and and you're and so it's pushing you down, and then the basil's cutting back, and then it's popping back up, and then it sees exactly. higher, and then it pushes back down again. Okay, see that's that's really valuable. I I appreciate that. <laughs> um, and what about max basil? So where do you? see it set it like art arden's ins, uh, basal insulin is really interesting on loop so she's like 2.6 during waking hours 2.6 units an hour during waking hours uh for perspective even though it doesn't matter to anybody she's 15 she weighs about 130 pounds she's like 5 7 um at overnight she's 1.1 or 1.2 but mm-hmm. so her the, her basals vary that much um overnight to being awake but her sensitivity factor overnight isn't that much different or weaker than it is during the day. And I don't know it off the top of my head. It's only, it's a few points off. Um, yeah. And, and when she sleeps in and everything kicks in for like waking hours, that's when I, I have a lot of luck with a, an override. I do a minus 30% override and that keeps her stable. So my assumption is, is that her nighttime, ISF is about 30% lower than her daytime, but that also doesn't, right. but, but that doesn't, but 30, but, but it's more than 50% lower during the night for basil than it is during the day. So even that 30% doesn't work out. Just somehow I've randomly, <laughs> into, I've literally lucked into an override that lets her sleep in. Oh, uh, that's the, the first thing in the morning is one of the hardest times for me because Hazel doesn't go to school yet. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't always wake up at the same time. And so like as soon as she wakes up, her blood glucose is going to start to rise, but not until the minute she wakes up. Mm -hmm. And so getting the, the basal set right there is so hard. I'm, I'm hoping that will be one thing that's easier when she starts school and and is in a very routinized I, what we do on school days, Arden wakes up. She's usually like this morning she was 106, but a lot of times she's around 85 or 90 when she wakes up. Okay. And I could see if it wasn't for loop, <laughs> I could just bolus right then. I would, without compunction, bolus a unit and a half of insulin when she woke up. Just mm. blind bolus. I, I would do it. But I can't because if I do that, then the loop takes away all the basil. Cause right. it's like, you messed up buddy. And I'm like, yeah. And I don't want to, and I don't want to like, I, I try not to lie carb, like fake carb lie because that messes things up too. Right. Uh, so I have to wait for her blood sugar to start drifting up. 
Then when she gets to 128, the pending insulin pops on. It's like, yo, you should be bolusing. And I always want to look at it and go, yeah, yeah, I know. And then, uh, and so she does that usually on the ride to school. And it, it'll catch her around 135 or so and bring her back. Um, so if she, you, you know that she needs like a unit, unit and a half, somewhere like that, mm-hmm. something like that. Is that what you said? Yes, absolutely. So should I jack her basil for an hour right before she wakes up? Probably. Yeah, right. Except I, Melody's like, I'm not killing your kid. You make decisions. <laughs> um, I'm not giving clinical advice here. Melody, listen, at the beginning of the podcast, in a very deep voice, I will remind everybody that you and I are not giving anybody <laughs> medical advice. I mean, honestly, they're hearing us talk. There's no way they would take advice from us anyway. So, um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you were outsmarted by a kid with grapes earlier in this conversation. <laughs> I'm outsmarted by kids regularly. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, so, okay. So I, and I think about that, but then I get to the idea of, well, then Saturday will come and then that's going to be way too much. And what if I don't wake up that early to yeah. stop it? And I'll tell you, I said this with Jenny the other day on one of the episodes and I'll say it with you. It, pump companies or if, if, you know, tide pools listening or whoever, you have to give people weekday and weekend control. Yeah, different. Yeah. Don't make me remember to get up at six in the morning to stop something that works Monday through Friday. Um, what I've heard of other people doing is Friday night before they go to bed, they just change the the time on the basil. Hundred percent. That's still bullshit. No, I don't mean to curse. Yeah, you but, still have but, to yeah, remember. Yeah, I don't want to have to do that. Like, it, like this is such a simple thing. There should be. I should be able to set something up for weekdays that start at you know. Sunday night at midnight or something like that. And then, you know, and, and it should be able to read the alarm on the clock that's set and then just start kicking the basil in like an hour prior to the, when the alarm goes off. That's genius. Seriously. I know. Yeah. It really is. Maybe I should be the one designing these things. Yeah. What's with this guy that, 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 that he was just making apps for education stuff. He doesn't know what he's doing. How did he get this job? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. Um, so tide pool is obviously, you know, doing that stuff. And you, you and I are having, you are having an amazing idea right now, which obviously we can't really implement, but in a perfect world, imagine that. Imagine if the app said, Oh, her alarm set for seven today. We should start pushing her, her basal insulin up at six thirty or six o'clock. I mean, obviously there's that's fraught with pitfalls, but it's <laughs> in a perfect world scenario. What a genius idea. I mean, your phone already has all this information. Yeah, it knows when you start moving. It knows when you start breaking exactly. out of REM sleep and everything. And, you know, it's uh, it definitely knows what you're doing on Facebook. And that's the, the whole the whole concept behind the We're Not Waiting movement. They're like, they, they were like, we have this CGM. We have this pump. Why can't they talk to each other? Yeah. So now we have this phone and we have and it has all of this personal information about us. Why can't it inform the decisions of our insulin delivery? Even a little bit. Yeah, just even just even because it's funny as you say that even if Arden's basal rate would move up by 30% an hour before she woke up in the morning, that would be enough to stop that that initial rise, that life rise. You know what I mean? When you open your eyes, you're like, I'm awake. I have to go to school. And then everything (laughs) starts hitting you and you're rushing around and irritated that you're still tired and it starts pushing your blood sugar up. And um, yeah, I mean, listen, something's got to give because, you know, Parents, parents are the ones who do it normally. I know so many people who set an alarm and get up an hour before their kids to get their kids' blood sugars ready for when they wake up in the morning. And then poor adults don't have that luxury of their mom still sitting behind, you know, at the foot of their bed, trying not to wake them up, helping them with their health. And so they're put in a completely different problem. So when it's a kid, even if you outsmart it, 
and there are a million ways to outsmart this stuff, those ways still entail effort and time. And I know it's hard to think of in the moment, you know, Melody, but that effort that you and I and other people are putting into things, it beats you up over time. Do you know what I mean? Like I am not the same fresh faced young man I was before my daughter got diabetes. And there is part of me who wonders what I would look like if diabetes didn't exist. You know what I mean? Like, would I go for a walk once in a while? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, would I have that kind of energy? And, and, you know, like, what would life be without that stress and, and that extra stuff to do? And what don't you get accomplished in your life? Because you're thinking about it. And, you know, and how can these things help you with that? I, I listen, I like to, you know, I, I complain while I'm talking. That's part part of my my charm. Uh, but um, I love Loop, and I think it's stunning. I can't wait for Tidepool to get their thing through the FDA. I can't wait for, you know, Horizon to come out from Omnipod. I can't wait to see it all. You know, I'm super excited. And so when when we were looking at Loop for Hazel way two years ago, there were no other systems on the market. I think the 630G was available for adults at that time, maybe. But there was nothing. I talked to the Medtronic people in detail, and they're like, there is no way we're going to put a two-year-old on our pump. At this point, it is not approved. Yeah. yeah, it's, so like, it's, Right, it's going to happen oh, for there's adults. There's another system that's not approved. <laughs> but it's exciting that there's like tandem and omnipod and there's so many more that are coming out and and loop works well for us different things work for different people and different things make more sense and in different lifestyles and such right oh absolutely yeah you gotta find what works for you you can't just i mean arden uses a pedra nobody uses a pedra it's you know as an insulin it, it works so perfectly for her you know, and so I didn't get to that. We used Novolog. Just you know, doctor gave us Novolog. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. This is insulin. And then one day, someone's like, you know, the problems you're describing. Have you ever considered trying a Pedra? And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, you know, and I tried it. And I was like, oh, this is way better for her. So, and I know people have tried it, and it hasn't worked for them. Yeah. Um. But to answer your question of like ten minutes ago. Good. Um. We have our max basal set at three times what her um, normal highest basal is. Okay. And, so, and what is her highest basal? Um, remember, she's on U25 right. diluted insulin. Her highest basal, I think, is 0.8, which would be 0.2. If, if the, if the is not diluted. Strength. Right. And so... And, her highest basal, her, the periods where she has the highest basal is right when she goes to sleep mm-hmm. and right when she wakes up. Okay. So if you have it because of the, because it's diluted, you have it at 0.8. So, so your max is. I think it's right around three. Three. Okay. We, when, when we first started Omnipod, we upped her basals considerably because. <laughs> It's like, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. She needs more insulin with this system. And then I think part of it was the craziness of our summer. Mm -hmm. And then, and so her max basal at one point, the, her, the highest basal setting she had at one point, I think was one. And that's when we moved it up to three and I just haven't lowered it again. Gotcha. And, and by not, 
and by not lowering it, it lowering it, it hasn't hasn't had bad effects on anything. So actually, yeah. your ma- your max basal rate is significantly higher than three times higher than her normal basal rate. Mm-hmm. Like half a unit. Okay. Okay. So gotcha. Um, well, yeah, but a point two, a half seems like a lot to me. A point two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, but good. But it's diluted half unit. Which is really more like hardly anything. Yeah, like 1.5 or something. I don't know. Gotcha. Math is hard. <laughs> You're not kidding. Please. That's another reason why I have this podcast because I, I don't like the math uh, and, and why the loop makes me upset uh, because it all, it, it all seems like math. <laughs> uh, it is. And I, I really love math. Diabetes has made me have a slightly different relationship with math than I did before. Like, I remember shortly after she was diagnosed, um, I wanted to write a letter to my high school math teacher and say, and say, remember when we all asked you when we would need this in life? Now I use it to keep my kid alive. Yeah. So I guess thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Really glad you understood everything and you taught it to us so well. I, uh, I still, so, you know, the way I do it before loop, the way I would handle all this had no math in it whatsoever. It was right. all just vibe and feel and it works so well. I mentioned it when I talked to um, Jenny about loop, but Arden said to me earnestly, she's like, I don't understand why we're using this loop. You, you and I are so much better at this than mm-hmm. it is. And I was like, no, I know, but we need to figure it out. Uh, and um, I, ironically, her A1C is not changing. You know, even though she's seeing higher blood sugars, we're not seeing, but that's because we're like purposefully like smushing them. I, I, th- I think it, if being honest, if I would not readdress spikes, I think Arden's A1C would have gone from where it was, which I think was 5.5 when we started. I think it would be seven by now. Wow. And now what I'm trying to say is, is that I also think that there are scads of human beings on the planet who would be incredibly happy with a seven A1C and not just happy, but it would be an incredible improvement for their health. Yeah. I, I was happy with the seven, like six months in. Yeah. And that, that sounded really condescending. No, no. Like I remember being happy about a seven because it, our doctor, our endo said with a kid this young, we won or below 8.5. Mm-hmm. And so a seven was great. Yeah. You're like, I'm one and a half under the best. Yeah, no. Yeah. I see that. I, I listen. And I don't think people take that as kind of, I think people with a nine wish they had a seven. I think people who were told eight and a half would be thrilled with a seven. And now you're lower than that. And you think, I remember a time when I was thrilled with seven. Don't, you know, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. You're not hurting anybody's feelings. Don't worry. People listen to this show are tough. They can take it. They listen to me. So they got a really thick skin. Um, I don't know what we've done here, Melody. I really don't. I, I, what I, you know what I really realized as we were talking. So if I may summarize or pull this together for a second, just to kind of make a bigger point, your kid is little And you're doing a terrific job. Her A1C is great. Her variability is really amazing. All this stuff is going really well. And yet, when I said to you, hey, in this scenario, what would you do to that setting? You were still like, um, well, right. Yeah, (laughs) I need a little bit more information than right. what we do, what I do, is I look at patterns. If she she goes low once at a certain time, Mm -hmm. then then it could be because I dosed a meal wrong or because she was wearing her sparkly shoes and she thinks that her sparkly shoes mean that she needs to run more. Um, or 
any other variable. But if she goes low in the same place two or three times, then I'm changing a setting. Mm-hmm. And so I look for patterns. And and so the interesting thing to me is that you're charting a course, right? Like you, you're thinking about loop and, and your settings, like you're standing on the shore of New York and you're trying to get to Europe. And so you're plotting and charting and making everything like decisions ahead of time. What I was doing before loop was I got in the boat and I started, <laughs> and I started rowing. Okay. And then if there was a storm up a front, I would just go around the storm. And then if a pirate ship came, I'd hide. And then like, you know, like I just went and I got over there the same way you got over there. Like we're both standing in Europe now going, huh, your way worked and my way worked. My, yeah. my way was more like fluid and kind of flexible and bloop can't do that. Loop needs to know settings. It needs to understand these are the numbers I'm working with and those numbers need to be right. And if those numbers are wrong, it doesn't just stand up and go, Oh, no worries. We'll hide from the pirate ship. Now it doesn't. Yeah. Do that. yeah. It's a system that needs the correct information to go forward. Whereas you're a human and you're able to Bob and weave. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know anybody that closed loops at night and open loops all day? I'm sure there are people. I've heard of parents doing that with school. Mm-hmm. Some. Um, I don't know anyone in particular who does that regularly. And I'll tell you, I, in my mind, that would be the best answer for us. With the exception of the fact of that when you put loop, when you reclose the loop after a day of it being open, it immediately looks and goes, oh, you've used way more insulin than we need. And then shut your basal yeah. forever. And you're just like, you mother. And it just, <laughs> so, so everything I try to trick it with. I'm hearing that loop causes you to curse. It does. Often. I curse uh, a side of loop, but uh, loop makes me want to curse more than, uh, than normal. It just, because every time I feel like I have it outsmarted, it, it I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah. And I think that, that trying to outsmart it is, is maybe counterintuitive where you're going wrong. Yeah. But the because, problem. but you have to figure out how to work with it, but you've been doing this other system for so long yeah, and working so well that it's kind of like trying to learn to ride a unicycle after you've been riding a bicycle or something. I don't know. That's a bad analogy, but no, no, no. All analogies are fun. I think that what I would love to do is put you and that kid in a time machine and send you forward 10 years and then let you live a week with Loop and ask you these questions again. Uh-huh. I feel like you'd be like, oh my God, Scott, right? Huh? Uh, yeah, because... With, with hormones, you mean? Or, uh, hormones or and, and bigger, bigger appetites. Um, like, like, that, like that kind of thing. Because right now, like... I mean, like, honestly, like in carbs, what's the biggest meal she might eat? Um... We were at a pool party the other night and there was pizza and corn on the cob and cookies and it gave me a slight anxiety attack and I think it was over a hundred grams. Wow. How did that go? Um, it, so she ended up having a second cookie because I wasn't familiar with the kind of pizza it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so I ended up giving too much up front, and then she went low and ate a second cookie, and then eventually stabilized and was okay through the night. But 
it was it was rough. Yeah. Can I add context? What's what what number is low in your mind? Um. Well, we needed to drive home, and I don't like to put her in the car if she's if she's below seventy. Okay. Because I don't like to drive and try to like <laughs> throw candy back at a four year old. <laughs> Open your mouth. Stop moving. Can I- <laughs> and and we live in in the Los Angeles area, and so it's not just like you can pull over on a side street. It's like one time I was navigating a, a difficult, like going from the five to the two ten. I don't know, some numbers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I hear the Dexcom alarm and I'm like, why is she low? She shouldn't be low right now. And then I look back and she's asleep and kids fall asleep in the car all the time. And I'm like, is she asleep because she's low? Is she asleep because she's didn't take a nap today? And, and then I'm like, trying to navigate this highway transition and yelling at her, <laughs> trying to make sure she, she will wake up. Wake she up! Did. Wake up! By the way, anyone who's listening who is not imagining Melody whipping candy at her daughter's face, trying to hit her open mouth, is not allowed to listen anymore. Just shut it off. You're not allowed to listen anymore. <laughs> because you, should, you, you have to be picturing that right now. She's just got these like little gummy bears, and she's it's lobbing. What is it? Dum Dums are is my candy of choice for the car because I can hold the stick and hand it back and mostly reach her. Because <laughs> the lollipop makes it longer. Exactly. Oh my God! Now you all have to be considering this. Also, if none of you have ever driven in Los Angeles, don't. It's a terrible thing. It's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh wow, you have painted a picture that I will live with for the rest of my life, Melody. Thank you so much. It's you trying to negotiate uh, five lanes of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> And get candy. And trying to hit a four-year-old in the face with a lollipop. <laughs> That's great. Anyway, so she got low at the picnic, and then yeah, <laughs> how high did she end up at that picnic ever? Um, well, it was time to go, and she was in the sixties, and so I didn't want to get in the car again. She had a ton of insulin on board because um of all the the corn on the cob and the pizza. Right. And um, the pizza was thicker crust than we usually eat. And so I think it was hitting slower. Yeah. So with another cookie, I got her up above 70 and we got home. And I don't remember. I'm, I think she probably went high later in the night. But I went back and entered the gram. Like I didn't enter the cookie initially because I didn't want, I didn't want if she went up high enough, I didn't want Luke pushing her back down while we were in the car. Right. And so I went back, entered the cookie, and got it all leveled out eventually. But it was... This was a birthday party? It was just a pool party, an end-of-summer pool you have party. Did fun? Was it a good time? <laughs> <laughs> it was great. There was no party that was just like, we should have stayed home. I, we could have splashed water on the kids. It would have been so much. Like, oh, look, guys, end of the year. Yay. All right, go back in your room. <laughs> birthday parties are the hardest, especially when there's a pool involved mm-hmm. and... Pizza, there's always pizza, there's always sweet things, and it's always things that are unfamiliar to me. And so, like, there's so many things, like, we go to Blaze all the time because there's one right beside our house, and I know how to dose that pizza. (laughs) Blaze is a pizza place? Because when you said California and Blaze, I just thought that's where you guys go to smoke weed. Is that not right? (laughs) No. Well, that is legal here, oh, okay. but no. Um, <laughs> Blaze is a pizza place. It's, gotcha. it's like super thin crust, mm-hmm. and so it's really easy. To do, yeah. And, um, but we haven't had enough experience with 
all the foods of the world for me to know how to dose everything. And even with loop, it's a learning experience. Of course. No, listen, it's all a learning. I'm not going to lie to you. I get some meals so incredibly right with loop that I'm just like, if she would just eat this all the time, I'd be golden. You you know, it's, and I'll tell you what messes me up more than anything right now. It's the, um, it's the bolusing process in loop. So, you know, I told, I told you earlier, we did like 30 carbs, two hours, so she does 30 carbs, two hours, then doesn't deliver anything. Right. And then bangs back in, says 30 carbs, you know, three hours. And then it, it gives the, um, it gives the, um, the suggestion for the entirety of 30 carbs, two hours, and 30 carbs, three hours. The problem is right in that moment, I want to be able to say to her, how much is it suggesting to you? But we don't have that kind of time and we're texting right. everything. Prior to that, I would say, hey, I think we're going to use this much insulin. Then I would know what goes in. And so I don't know how much is in her because had like today as an example, she would have said to me, uh, it wants like eight and a half units. And I would have said, that's not nearly enough. Right. Like, like we should use more. But I can't see that. And because of the way the process works. Can you see it on Night Scout when she enters it? Like when the bolus goes through? Yes. But it's it's there's a lag. Right. Right. And then by the time it pops up, you're like, all right, well, I, I, here's what I do. I am, that might not to the people listening, you might not believe this. I'm an incredibly optimistic person. (laughs) I seriously am. I, I believe and I trust and I, I really am a hopeful person. And so when I do it, I think, well, these carbs are right. And this thing says it. I'm going to let it go and see what happens. And then when 45 minutes later, her blood sugar is like 96, I'm like, you know what? See, I'm being rewarded here for being optimistic and hopeful. And then her blood sugar shoots up and I'm like, oh, why don't I trust that stupid thing? And, and so that's sort of my roller coaster ride for my own personal thing. But I really am, you know, when it's working so well for all these hours in a row and you, it gets a meal great, when the next meal comes up, you want to be able to say, all right, let me see what it does here. But I still have that unreasonable expectation in the back of my mind that it's going to fight with basil. And Mm. it just doesn't. Like you said, the minute it thinks it's got the right amount of insulin for a meal, it takes the basil completely away. Every time I look, I think if it would just leave that basil, (laughs) this would be okay. Um, I've tried temp basils from Night Scout. but Temp targets or temp overrides? um, Let me pull it out so I say the right thing. It says event type temp basil start. And then uh-huh. I try to pick a duration, right? That I want it to go on for say 30 minutes. And I want to jack it way up and I jack it way up. And I do that. Cause I think, well, if I only do it for 30 minutes and I double her basil, she's only getting like these 30 minutes, blah, blah, blah. And I do all that. And then at some point it seems like the, sometimes the loop just decides, you know what? No, we shouldn't be doing that. And it just shuts it off. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? Why did I, why can I override it? If you can override me, this feels like being married. Like, I feel like, like I'm an adult. I should get to make a decision. But then there's this other thing in my life that's allowed to tell me, no, you're stupid. You're wrong. And it's over. And then I I don't get to say anything in return. So it won't let me outsmart it. And so opening the loop is the only thing that comes close. But then, like I said, when you reclose the loop, a lot of times you get high after that. So there's no winning. I have to stop. I have to stop using this thing. I've, I've or, go ahead. Yeah. Or you, it takes a lot of experimentation to figure out. Okay. So good question. How long do I have to be at this before I feel better about this? Um, 
how long did it take you to feel good about regular pump therapy? Oh, like six years. <laughs> that was about six years. No, I... <laughs> Probably less than that. You think so? Um, so, so... I am, I'm obviously, I'm, a, I'm a, a, a bit of a different breed in this scenario, right? So I can describe to you that when Arden was first on a pump, like Arden got a pump first. Her A1C was yeah. like eight and a half. And I was like, oh, we're going to get an insulin pump. Everything's going to be great. So, yeah. right, yeah. So her, her, her blood sugar went from like her, her A1Cs went from like eight and a half to like 7.9. I was like, well, that was not the decrease I was thinking. <laughs> but it's a decrease. Yeah. So good. Whatever. And yeah. how old was she when she got a pump? Just curious. Four and a half. Okay. Right. And so then, okay. So then we get a CGM a couple years later. Excuse me while I get a drink. Uh, we get a CGM a couple of years later and I like go from like languishing in the high sevens to like all of a sudden, like, you know, lower sevens. And, and I was like, Oh, look at us. Six point, you know, 7.2, like really fancy. And at that time, the ideas that I've been blogging about started to kind of coalesce for me. I was like, oh my God, all these things are like in line. Like there was a moment where I was like, I have a system. You, you know what I mean? Like, so I started putting the system into practice a little more. I started paying more attention to it. And that was it. Once I put those ideas, the ones I talk about on the podcast into play, seven, two, six, eight, six, seven, six, five, six, four, six, boom, just kept falling. Like I couldn't stop her A1C from going down. Without, without lows. Like I was just like, Oh my God, I figured it out. And so I just sort of started turning up the power on my ideas until I got her A1C to where I wanted it to be. I was like, okay, these steps at this power equal a 5.5. Just it. That's it. I know what to do. And I went on to describe it to people on the podcast and then it started working for them. And and then I'm going to tell you like, no lie. I started talking to a family last Saturday so not just this past couple of days. So it's been about eight or nine days. And okay. their son's, teenage son's graph was a disaster. And at, at this point now, it's amazing. It's really stunning. It just from talking to them, she, she helped me with something. So I helped her with this, <laughs> right? So we traded, we traded, uh, it was like the barter system in the, in the old West. She, she got me uh, water from her well, and I brought over my, my cows for milk. And so uh, we, we traded and I'm, I fixed our kids' blood sugar in eight days. Wow. It's it's amazing. You should see it. It's um. stunning. And so I know that thing so well that this is just very infuriating. It just, it just it really is. But I see the reason to understand it. Like I know I need to understand this. And so I'm not going to give up. Um, but everyone I talk to, it's like I'm in a bad movie. <laughs> it's a road. It's like a road trip movie. Like I meet Katie. I'm like, Hey, Katie will know. Katie's like the queen of this. And then Katie tells me some stuff. I'm like, Oh, that didn't really help me that much. And then I sit down with Jenny and Jenny tells me some stuff and I go, ah, okay, well, a little better. And then I was talking to you. I'm like, Melody's going to have the answer. <laughs> no one has the, like, I'm just walking through this road show movie and people are like, Oh yeah, it's over that way. And I'm like, what? There? Yeah. Just walk towards that. And, and <laughs> I think it's a more of a movie of self-discovery where you have to figure out the answers for yourself and no one's going to hand them to you. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you, you don't expect them to be handed. But I guess I guess where my confusion comes in or, or irritation, or I don't know what you want to call it, is that I was able to hand what I was doing to someone else. Right. And I want to meet the person who can hand loop to someone else. <laughs> right? And I haven't found that person yet. Ah. Uh. Um, so 
your lunch problem mm-hmm. where you entered, you knew that she needed more insulin. Right. Right. So in the same way that you learn to, to bolus meals before loop, you can learn to bolus meals with loop where like, okay, last time we did this and we put it in as 30 at two hours, 30 at three hours. And the insulin ran out before the carbs did. So she needs more insulin. Mm-hmm. And so you enter it as more carbs. Um, like I learned with the Starbucks sandwich that it has to be a lot more carbs than I thought it was going to be. So I need, so I should have lied to this thing about her meal today and just lied to it about the amount of carbs until I was comfortable with how much insulin she got. Um, I wouldn't call it lying as much as like there's the face value carbs and then the, how the, what the carbs actually do to her blood glucose. Mm -hmm. So I have to consider glycemic load and glycemic index because because it can't do that. Yeah. Um, why can't it do that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know why. There, there are limitations <laughs> to technology. No, um, I, I understand why I can't. Um, I, yeah. So I guess here's, you know what, maybe now that you, as you say it like that, and I am be trying to be a little introspective, I think the problem is, is that the idea of loop infers the idea of less effort, which I know it doesn't really yeah. like, but it does, it does. And it does. Like, I, and I you're sleeping at night. Right. So yeah, like how oh, is it right, right. You know what it's like? It's like if, if it's like if twelve hours of the day I had a really great spouse who loved me and we had this great relationship. And then in the other twelve hours of the day, and then when the sun hooker. came up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like she was just running around having sex for money. And I was like, um, no, that doesn't make sense because because in my twelve hours with her, she's I think that's it. Like I think it lulls me into a sense of comfort overnight that doesn't exist during the day. And then I have trouble switching gears and going from, I don't have to pay much attention to diabetes to, I do have to pay more attention to diabetes. You should be a therapist. <laughs> um, that is an interesting career choice I might consider. <laughs> but no, so seriously, you really helped me just now because I, that that really is what happens is like you just keep getting lulled into like oh it's going to be okay i don't need yeah. to do this anymore it works i figured out my settings like everybody tells me it's about the settings the settings right look how good everything it's like your brain it's you know what it is it really is my hopeful nature it it it's screwing me <laughs> right because i see it work for 6 10 8 you know 12 hours in a row and i'm like oh yeah loop works it's great i have my settings right S- trust the settings do the thing and then i and then I don't realize that this is this is Jekyll and Hyde. Like it's one thing overnight, it's another thing during the day. Yeah. The the food is difficult. And yeah. and when it's working, it works so well. And when the food is not entered correctly, or I mean it's entered correctly, but it doesn't react the same way, then it's hard. Yeah, loop is like if Dr. Jekyll was a hooker. I think that's what we figured out today. That should um, be the I, logo I don't want to be I don't want to be involved in figuring that out. I don't want my name attached to that. <laughs> well, I'm putting it out the tide pool right now. You need Dr. Jekyll in a skirt, uh, standing <laughs> on a street corner. That should be the new logo. I'll I'll reach out to the right people. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. I really 
I seriously think you'd just help me because I and I and I, I can see the, the the confluence of events that lead me to like this roadblock because I was involved before. And when I wasn't involved, I didn't need to be involved, right? Like I know right. I know some people when they hear about the podcast initially they're like, Oh, it sounds like a lot of work. And it, <laughs> and it is in the beginning. But the the real like cool truth of it is is that after a little while it stops being any effort whatsoever. Yeah, like, like it just works. I think that's the same with Loop. It's just another system you have to learn, mm-hmm. and and it sounds like the the language you use about it, like you're tricking it, you're outsmarting it. It sounds like you're fighting with Loop. Oh, I am. <laughs> and yes, and it's. You. I need I need new rules. No, I need new rules. Like 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 when I sit here and I think about the stuff I tell people in the podcast. Like you know, you'd rather be high than low. Don't you know? Don't accept blood sugars above. Like I say these things that like T-shirt slogans at this point, right? And but they work. Like if you keep these things right. in your mind, it works, and you can kind of overpower diabetes for the most part. I think that I need to step back from what I'm doing from Loop and look at my troubled moments and figure out. If I were to do this in this moment, this would stop this and then give it a, give it a slogan that makes me remember (laughs) in that moment. I know that really is crazy, but I think that's what I need. I need to stop at lunchtime and say, okay, this is like a high carb scenario. We're going to, we're going to like, you know, decide that this meal's on the other side of the glycemic index. It's on the higher side and we're just going to put, you know, a tax on it and, and and add more, you know? Yeah. Melody, how does it feel to save a life? Because you've just done it. Oh. Um, You're going to put this on your resume? Once saved a man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's still too early for me to have Woody come back. Yeah, you're fine. It is early in the morning. She, you're doing a very nice thing. It's so it's... It's like eight, 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 nine o'clock, or you are. Right? It's nine fifty. Yeah, I, I, so. I kept you on way longer than I said to. Um, are you completely unhappy that you did this, or are you okay with this? I think I'm okay. Um, I will probably spend the next forty-eight hours thinking back to all the things I said and how I should have said them differently. Uh, that that's no big deal. You're just having the same response that people have after dating me. It's over, and you're like, I don't think I should have done that. And <laughs> probably right. So, um, but it's too late now. I have the recording. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, but I, I appreciate. It. I think this kind of like rambly conversation is going to be one of them that I look back on. And I think like this pulled me through because have seriously, because having too much of a, like I've tried having somebody come on and tell me like, this is how it works, but it's their perspective on loop. And I need to figure out my perspective on it. You have to figure out how to fit the way your brain works in with figuring out the settings. And I have a good friend who has, um, I'm going to say it wrong, dyscalculia. Um, it's like dyslexia, but with math. Okay. And she's always saying, I don't know what I would do if my kid had diabetes. There's way too much math. I could never do that. And I was I, like, well, you figure it out. I, I, People I'm, figure things out. I'm looking it up right now. Discal- By the way, first of all, you said it 100% right, it looks like, dyscalculia. Uh, severe difficulty in making arithmetical, arithmetical, what the heck? 
calculations as a result of a brain disorder. Hmm. It's like dyslexia generally, except for with numbers instead of with numbers. Yeah, that that person's kid can't get diabetes. <laughs> yeah. No, she'll have to return the kid if that happens. You just well, no, you can figure it out. I mean, I think everybody. I think so. I think with accommodations, you can figure things out. It's I've, like yeah, I have, I have to tell you, your friend who I you know I don't wish any bad on her or her family at all. I think that she is a she is the kind of person who hears my podcast and goes, this makes complete sense to me. Because right, because it's no not about the numbers. Her. Right, right. Yeah, see, she'd be fine. All right, I take it back. She'd be okay. <laughs> um, thank you very much for doing this. <laughs> I, I want you to know that it doesn't go up right away, so you can, you can, you know. Fret about it for longer? Yeah, or no, just let me know that you, you really feel like you said something stupid at one point. You're like, I really wish that wasn't in there. But I feel like you did a great job. When I edit it, I listen very closely to what's going back. You know, I don't let anybody make a fool of themselves or anything like that. That's kind. Um, yeah, of course. Well, what, what am I trying to do? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm trying to help people with diabetes, not not embarrass you. Um, I'm embarrassing myself. I think that's enough embarrassment for the whole situation. <laughs> I, But I seriously think you really helped me just now. And uh, I hope to be able to report back to you soon that I figured out a way to uh, work more harmoniously with Loop. Oh, I hope so. And yeah, and for for Arden's sake, how does she feel about it? Oh, uh, Arden doesn't want to do it. <laughs> Arden, but Arden's spoiled. Arden lived a life where she didn't really have diabetes. And, and you were just doing everything well, like we, off camera. Yeah, we, No, we do it together, but it's okay. such a small part of our day. So it really is, I do believe true that, that most of the people who hear the podcast but don't follow along with trying it themselves probably really don't believe me. But I don't think that prior to Loop, I thought about diabetes more than about six or eight minutes in total every 24 hours. Like I and, just, Unless you're recording a podcast about diabetes. Yes, that's a different thing. I take that out of the scenario. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but so I really, like, she and I spent no time thinking about it. Now, with Loop, I've been irritated and thinking about Loop for the last two hours. I put more thought yeah. into diabetes today than I would have in a week without Loop. Yeah, and so Matt always says that when when you start a new job, there's like six months of feeling like you're completely out of your element because you're learning new system, new everything. And I think when learning a new diabetes management system is kind of the same because um, it makes you feel like all the things you already knew are not working in the situation. Yeah, you know, it's everything I thought was right about the world, I'm wrong about now. And that's it. Like, I just, everything I thought was right is wrong, but I can learn this. And that is where I feel. Like, that's where I'm at right now. I, I know I can, I know I can learn it. Um, and I do have a little extra pressure because I feel like I need to learn it in a way where I can explain it. Yeah. Uh, but I know I can learn it. I And I know that my time with it isn't as long as it probably feels, although it's, you know, May, June, July, August, September. It's getting there. It's six months now. But but the truth is I'm way better at it today than I was three months ago. So it's coming. Um, <laughs> it just it, it just is really uh, – it's frustrating to feel like it's fighting with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah, th- there are many moments where – where um, I'm not going to curse, but I do. And I'm like, what are you doing, Lou? And then I look and say, oh, I didn't enter those carbs correctly. Right. Or, 
oh, I forgot to include the sugar in that carb count. Gotcha. I'm still very bad at the, you know, when you, when you, you know, tell it, Hey, it's, this is 20 carbs. And then later it doesn't agree. Yeah. Like I still don't completely have that. I can't wrap that around like whatever it is I need to wrap it around so I can understand it. Like if I tell it 20 and it says no 17, does that mean that at some point it had to cut away more insulin because it didn't hit like 20 carbs or like, you know what I mean? Like, or what, is, what about when I tell it 20 and it says, no, it was 30. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know why it seems simple yet. When I look at it, I can't make sense of it. Um, yeah. Um, I, I got a text in the middle of that from our nanny with Hazel and, um, I'm good, but I missed the last half of your sentence. What I was going to say, what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that when you tell some, tell the loop, Hey, this is 20 carbs. And later it tells you, Oh yeah, well it was really 15. Right. My assumption, good. What does it mean when it says that? That the way your body absorbed it and the amount of insulin that was needed matched 15 as opposed to 20. Mm -hmm. And what about the opposite? What if it says no 25? Then it's like saying we used enough the your blood glucose data shows that you needed 25 grams worth of insulin. But you said 20. Yeah. Right. So it absorbed and and so that's a really good thing to look at when you're when you're retrospectively looking at meals mm -hmm. to see, okay, we dose this as this, but it says I dose this as 30, but it says that it absorbed like 45. So the next time she has this meal, you should yeah. That do 45. Gotcha. I, and, and it tells how long, like the amount of time too. So that's honestly how we figured out our favorite pizza. Yeah. And now we eat pizza probably too often, partially because it's delicious and partially because we it. know exactly how to bolus. <laughs> and I know I'm not going to be up correcting this if we eat pizza. Nice. No, I mean, I, I would think I, as you were saying that I thought, well, I should be using that as a way to like measure load, like the, the load of the glycine, yeah. like, because I'm getting the, listen, I don't count carbs, but I can, I can swag carbs pretty well. Yeah. So I'm not like 30 carbs off when I make a decision, but there, there is the impact that I'm off on sometimes. So I have to come up with a scenario where I understand what, how much extra carbs covers impact of more carb heavy food or more dense food. Yeah, uh, with more of a load. Okay, all right. I'm gonna let you off the hook now. You've done a lot for me today. I appreciate. That. <laughs> I don't know if anybody listening will get anything out of it, but I've gotten a lot out of it. So, um, thank you very much. I really appreciate you. You're welcome. It's kind of fun. Oh, you had fun. That's great. I can't tell because you're so West Coast and I'm East Coast. I can't tell if you hate me or you were having a good time. <laughs> oh, um, mostly a good time. Yeah. Ironically, I don't care. I just, it just, I can't <laughs> tell. I'm just kidding. You were really terrific. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Huge thanks to Melody for coming on the show and sharing what she's learned about the loop algorithm, right? Um, she helped me immensely, as you heard. Uh, today, I am much more adept at using loop. And it is very important to say that when this conversation was recorded, there was a different version of loop available. It has been updated since then. And the update has been a piece of how 
have gotten to where you're going to hear next. You know, the next time I talk about looping, when I'm all like, yo, I'm so good at this. Um, it'll be because of what Melody helped me with, all the things I learned before, all the people who helped me, the time that we put into figuring it out, and, of course, the hard work of the people who work on the algorithm. I want to thank very much the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Please go to ContourNextOne.com. Click on the links in the show notes. Click on the links at JuiceBoxPodcast.com and go get yourself a Contour Next One blood glucose meter. The thing just flat out rocks. And of course, TouchedByType1.org. Check them out today. Take a minute. TouchedByType1.org. Go look at what they're doing. I don't usually give heads up about future episodes, but later this week, another After Dark episode is coming up. It's lovely. It is just really amazing. I am stunned by the open and honest nature of some of the people who come on this podcast. Uh, So there'll be another After Dark episode coming up this week, and it's about trauma and addiction. You really should not miss it.